We all know the Bible created by Johann Gutenberg is the most famous book in the world, but what is the one thing most people don't know about it? What historical figure was connected to the first three U.S. presidents to be assassinated? Answers to those and other trivia questions coming up today on The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the off-ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and get some perspective on life. Our perspective is the 11th week of the coronavirus quarantine. We are laughing our masks off (laughs) (laughs) with with some funny trivia in the coronavirus time. I am so excited. It's time to take out the garbage. What do I wear? Put on a tie, Bob. Put on a tie. I hope the weather is good tomorrow for my trip to Puerto Backyarda. <laughs> I'm getting tired of lost living room. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my body has absorbed so much soap and disinfectant lately that when I pee, it cleans the toilet. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Are you are you having any cabin fever from all this? Oh, or? yeah. Yeah. Even, even well, getting out and doing things like we have done since Memorial Day is still a little yeah, cabin uh, feverish. For the last week, I have been doing things, more things, but I'm still cautious in restaurants and movie theaters, although there is restaurants with patios I might go to this coming week. <laughs> you know, don't mm-hmm, you think? Mm-hmm. The world isn't right yet, and either am I. I, I know the world isn't right because... This morning I saw a neighbor talking to her cat. It was obvious she thought the cat understood her. I came into the house, told our dog, we laughed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, let's get to some trivia here. Okay. (laughs) What do face masks, coffee filters, and vacuum cleaner filters have in common? You can reconfigure every one of them for that other purpose. I don't know. They're all pretty much the same. Who makes coffee filters? I can't see Mr. Coffee making face masks. No. uh -uh. Uh, Well, how about somebody like Melita? Melita, yes. They invented the coffee filter. They did. Melita Benz. She was a German housewife. That was her first name? Yeah. So she invented the disposable coffee filter out of paper a hundred some odd years ago. And the company they founded became so successful, they expanded into other areas, including vacuum cleaner filters. Now, they don't make them out of the same stuff. But today, because of that combination, her company is making face masks for the COVID-19 epidemic. They make the vacuum cleaner filters out of this same kind of PVG, non-woven, super thin fiber, a melt-blown extrusion. It's what they use for the, the medical masks. So engineers at Melita thought, well, those things we make for the coffee filters, they could cover your face. Mm. Why don't we convert one of our coffee filter making machines, machines to use the same material we use for vacuum cleaner filters, and now they've started making masks. Well, that explains why you're trying to tie a Hoover vacuum bag to your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is one of those success stories of innovation during this coronavirus time. Melita made 10 million masks in its first month in April. 10 million masks. This last April? Yeah. Wow. And the first million they gave to their workers and their retirees and the worker families. Good for them. Isn't that cool? Yes, I like that. And then if they get uh, approved by basically what's the FDA kind of authorities in Europe, they'll start making them 
in Europe. They can make them in Germany now because of the prices of all of the uh, PPE equipment, how high that's gotten. Mm -hmm. They can make them cheaper than they make them in China now. In Germany. In Germany. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was a good story. Who in history has a connection to the first three presidents to be assassinated? Oh, I I know the answer to this, I think. Uh, Robert Todd Lincoln. Oh. Well, you know, his dad died. But he worked for the other two presidents who were killed in the 19th century. Let me see if I can think of them. Actually, McKinley was the last one. He was killed in 1901 or two. But the other one was um, Garfield. You get an extra piece of cheesecake for dinner. I do know something you don't know about this, I bet. Okay. Robert Todd Lincoln was going to be with his mom and dad that night that Lincoln was killed. Really? He he turned down an invitation from his mother to come to be at oh, the thank theater. God, he he didn't was have an to... army officer at the time, you know. Really? And, I thought he was a young boy. No, then. no, he was army officer at the time and he served under General Grant. He was a member of his staff at the wow. time. And Day. Grant was Grant was also invited to be there at and Ford's I, Theater. Yeah. And that his I wife know. didn't like Ma- Mary, so <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't go. Oh, those spousal rivalries. Oh, it's my just God. like today, you know, you're saying couples oh. don't like each didn't, other. Or... Didn't the book on Grant say she thought that Mary Lincoln was haughty, a little too fancy pants? Well, she was. She was very... Yeah, Lincoln was the absolute opposite. She was the drama queen. Yeah. <laughs> Mary. And then, you know, yeah. later, of course, we find out she was mentally ill, so... Yeah, well, that would do it. But uh, the three presidents, again, were Lincoln... Garfield and McKinley. That's right. Okay, and he, Robert Todd Lincoln, he was haunted by that for his whole life, and that's one reason he didn't want to be around presidents. He was worried about being a curse. He didn't know. I mean... I would would run from him, that's for sure. He was a brilliant businessman years later. He became a tycoon. So anyway, yeah, imagine knowing three presidents that had all been assassinated. And he was there when two of them were killed. Yeah, that's... dear. Gosh. All right, I've got a question for you, and we've talked about this particular book a long time ago, but I found out something I didn't even know. We all know that the Bible created by Johann Gutenberg is the most famous book in the world because, uh, in Europe anyway, it was the first done with movable type. But what is the one thing most people don't know about the Gutenberg Bible? (laughs) Well, let's see. Um, I know you're thinking of a smart aleck answer, so go no, ahead. No, I'm not. I'm, tr- <laughs> well, I'm not that kind of girl, Bob. Uh, all right, I'll just say I don't know since you ruined my process of thinking. Oh, I didn't ruin your process. <laughs> I'll question again. You think about it. Okay. We all know that the Bible created by Johann Gutenberg is the most famous book in the world, the Gutenberg Bible. But what is the one thing most people don't know about it? One thing most people don't know about it. Gutenberg found it in, you know, in a hotel room? I don't know. <laughs> it was a Gideon Bible. No, no, no. He actually didn't publish it. He didn't publish that Bible because he went into debt to do all the work of getting it ready to be published, the translation, the text, the artwork. He went into debt to do all that, and he was sued for the money, and he lost the lawsuit and was forced to hand over his tools and his presses to other people. So other printers actually published Johann Gutenberg's Bible. Wow. No, I didn't know that. I always thought Gutenberg did it. There were 300 copies printed, and uh, they were 1,300 pages each. There were 42 lines of Latin to each page and all this beautiful illustration. It was all in Latin? Yeah. 
No wonder they only had to print 300. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay. Who are the greatest coffee drinkers in the world? Who are the greatest coffee drinkers? Yeah, who in the drinks world? the most coffee in you the world? You and me. <laughs> <laughs> and and by what standard are they considered the greatest coffee Quantity. drinkers? Quantity. So who what drinks the most? What nationality coffee? drinks the yeah. most coffee? I'll yeah. bet it's the Italians. You'd think so. Yeah. Or the French. I would I, I guess the French. But no, it is Switzerland. The Swiss. Really? Yeah. They drink approximately twenty three point one pounds of coffee each a year. Wow. That's a that's a lot of coffee. I thought Swiss chocolate. I thought it was going to be hot chocolate that they were the <laughs> yeah, kings yeah. and queens yeah, of. Yeah, I had no idea. So the Swiss drink more coffee than, per person than any other nationality. Yeah. Wow. And it's in pounds, huh? Yeah. Okay, I've got another book question. Yes. And this is about ingesting things. So ah. it's a cookbook, okay? Ah. Yes. What did the publisher of one of the most famous cookbooks of the 19th century refuse to do? What did the publisher refuse to do? I don't know. I'll tell you, this was in 1896. Yeah. Okay. It refused to take the risk to publish the book. Oh, for God's sake. And the publisher was Little Brown and Company, which is a big name in publishing today. They said that women would not buy yet another collection of recipes. But Fanny Farmer, who was the author of this book, which was a big, big, huge seller, she had to pay to print the first 3,000 copies in 1896. She paid for the first yeah, oh, 3,000 okay. copies. So and then after. Then it took off, so and it's like, oh, you're right, I guess. So they published it. I hope it. she really milked it. Oh, I hope she got a lot of money for it. Yes. Wow. Luckily, her Boston Cooking School cookbook was a huge success, became one of the most popular cookbooks of its time. And it was a goldmine for Little Brown and Company through the years. They sold millions of copies and dozens of editions. So, so there were cookbooks oh, yeah. up to then. Oh, yeah. There was even a White House cookbook in the 19th okay. century. That but was Fanny Farmer had, I, you know, we had that book. Do we? Yeah, well, we did. I got it at some old, you know, antique place. We don't have it anymore. I mm-hmm. gave it away. It's old food. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got another one about a book that was written years and years ago. Charles Darwin, all right? Mm-hmm. The Descent of Man was his first big book, okay? What's so unusual about that theory of evolution? Oh, the evolutionary theory that we come from monkeys? Yeah, 1871. Okay. There's something unusual about it when it was published in 1871 as The Descent of Man. Mm-hmm. It was revolutionary in thinking, that, that, right? Yeah. Well, here's the, the un- unusual thing about it. Not a single fossil had been found to support his idea about pre-human life forms at that time. He just deduced? Yeah. Later, of course, they found fossils that proved the evolutionary trail. But he formulated that idea entirely without physical evidence. It was based almost completely on speculation. So he guessed. God. Amazing. He, and he had a tail, but you don't know about that. It's not <laughs> he a... had a tail to tell. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you have? All righty. Uh, well, this, this concerns you a bit, although you deny it all the time. This concerns me, Marsh. Your thinking <laughs> concerns me. Okay. The most, what is the most common form of color blindness? What are the colors that are deficient? Green. Is one. Yellow? No. Okay. I'm saying that because tennis balls look bright green to me and they look yellow to some people. Uh-huh. And yeah. Well, some are green and some are yellow. Oh, that's but... why I'm so confused. <laughs> but originally, they were what? Green and then they started neon then. They have oranges. Neoning okay. them. So uh, the other colors? The two biggest color red, blind. Red, yes. red and green. Yes, red and green. Christmas. Hmm. And of every 1,000 men 
Men are the most common. 70 of them have some form of color blindness. Wow, 70 of every 1,000. Yeah. That's pretty strong statistic. Whereas only one woman in a 1,000. So for whatever reason, and you're always saying, no, that's not green. And you and I have those little spats. We don't have those spats. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking you're, about. You're one of the 70, Bob. There you go. All right, presidents. Which president went skinny dipping in the Potomac River every morning? That sounds like. Teddy. It sounds like a Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, but it, it was wasn't, obviously. John but. Quincy Adams. Oh, I don't know. Squat about him. Which president's first name was Hiram? Oh. Hiram. Oh, oh and he went by his second name, right? Yes. Uh, I, I, Hiram. <laughs> <laughs> There's a History Channel show on him that's running the right spring. Right now? Oh, of course. It's Ulysses. That's H. right. H. Grant. Yeah, but was, he goes by Ulysses S. Grant. S. Grant because that's the way when he went into the army, they had it down on paper and they said, you're going to be... Ulysses S. U- Grant. Yeah, yeah whether West you like Point. it. The congressman who submitted his uh, application to West Point changed it to yeah. Ulysses and S. Grant. His, his, uh, and his close friends called him Sam because they nicknamed him Uncle Sam that's exactly at, uh, right. at the N- academy. Now, there are stories, you know, if it was... Uh, Hiram Ulysses Grant would be hug. He didn't want that on his footlocker at West Point. It's H-U-G, you know, he didn't think, but I don't think that had anything he, to do with it. He was such an amazing man. Yeah. I, you learn so much uh, when you delve into the big books that were, were just done on Grant or see the History Channel based on the book. And it's, uh, what an amazing fellow. I agree with you on, on Grant, especially, I think the untold story most people don't know about was how strong he was in Reconstruction for black American rights and oh, all gosh. the things yes. he did to yes. try to give them the vote and yeah. give them full citizenship. Yeah. And he just carried on where Lincoln would have yeah. if he had lived. Fascinating. All right, one more question on a president. Anything I possibly could know? Which president was adopted? You've been to his uh, House? presidential library. Reagan. In Michigan. Oh, Ford. Gerald Ford, yeah. That uh, wasn't his name originally. All right, and which president's first name was Stephen or Stephen, but you don't think of him that way? S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Mm-hmm. When I tell you what he went by, you go, why didn't he go with Stephen? Yeah. Okay, well, who has a weird first name? Stephen Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> now, we think of Grover yeah. as like a Sesame Street yeah. name these days. Yeah. But he didn't like Stephen. Apparently, he didn't like Stephen. He went by Grover. Grover Cleveland. Well, maybe it had some gravitas back in the day. <laughs> Cleveland. Hmm. Time to take a break. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marcia Smith and Laugh Your Mask Off Trivia. We're back with Laugh Your Mask Off Trivia this week on The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marcia Smith. You know, we're here a lot now about the WHO, right? The World Health Organization. Oh, yes. Uh huh. What year did they formally declare smallpox was eradicated? What year did the World Health Organization say smallpox is eradicated? Was that in our lifetime by any chance? It was. Okay, so let's say the 1962. Okay. What was it? 1980. Really? And (laughs) this is so crazy. Centuries for that to be eradicated. It had been around, wait for it, 12,000 years. Holy cow. They figured... And just in the 20th century, between 300 and 500 million people died. From smallpox. Yeah. 
Three to five hundred million people died in the 20th century? Till, I believe it was an English doctor named Jenner. Yes. And he took a milkmaid's blood who had had smallpox. And then that was the first thing that actually started helping people, giving them a vaccine. That was the strongest vaccine. Yeah. And Uh, after that, the numbers kept going down and down and down. And it took until 1980. Man. They, the WHO said it's been eradicated. And we all know that that was around during the early parts of the United States because uh, George Washington had his troops vaccinated yes, at Valley Forge. which and, was brilliant. But, yeah. but it still stuck around the world mm-hmm. in parts that didn't have the vaccines until 1980. That is amazing yeah. story. It just blew my mind that it was that had been around for 12,000 12, years. 12,000 years. They figured it was uh, started somewhere in... Uh, southern African from a rodent or something, Hmm. they figured, and bit a human being, and so it began. Wow. The disease was finally ended in Somalia. Wow, so it began in Africa, it ended in Africa. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, this doesn't go back that far, 12,000 years. This goes back to 1543. A fellow, Copernicus, published his book, and he dedicated it to whom? On the Revolution of the Celestial Spheres. Who did he dedicate that book to? For God's sakes. Now, come on. Like, why would I know who Copernicus? Okay, well, he dedicated this book to a certain person because he thought it might help it become accepted. He wanted to make sure everything was okay. Somebody like... uh, This was uh, a person of authority. Yeah, back in his day. When did Copernicus live? Well, 1543. Oh, gosh. You were born then. You were... (laughs) Just kidding. <laughs> I see you. saw that. <laughs> oh, I'll just say somebody who was a big rock star back in those days. Well, I guess you could say that. He dedicated it to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the reason why. For 13 years, he had hesitated to publish his theories, which said that the Earth moved around the sun, and that meant the Earth wasn't the center of the universe. So when he finally decided to publish it, he dedicated it to the Pope, Pope Paul III. Now, guess what? Because he had a good relationship with the church, because he grew up in the church, he even served in the church. He was from Krakow, which later became Poland. Nothing bad happened. And then he died two years later. And then, 73 years later, his theory, the earth revolving around the sun, became controversial. Oh, really? Yeah. So controversial, first by Protestants, then by Catholics, that the church in 1616 decided, we're going to ban this book. How many years? (laughs) Uh, 300 years. No, more than 200 years. Until 1835, Copernicus's book was officially banned. Hmm. I thought that was fascinating. And the Pope didn't get cranky that he wrote a book dedicated to him that had this crazy Apparently at theory? the time, no. Yeah, I, I always heard that that book was banned, and I thought it was banned immediately. Yeah, but it was later. Copernicus actually passed away being a revered scientist. Yeah. Oh, he's a wonderful man. It's... 70 years later, that book sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't fit some scientists. I think somebody didn't read the book. Well, yeah. I bet you the Pope figured no one would read the book, too. So <laughs> it didn't... Uh bother him. Okay. Monkeys cannot survive very long on what kind of food? Well, there's probably numerous things, I would imagine. Yeah, this is common food. Bananas. (laughs) They really can't survive on bananas. Well, it's the diet of an average American. Really? Yeah, it kills them right off. (laughs) (laughs) 
monkeys cannot survive on the diet of the average American. An experiment performed at the University of Chicago shows that all the Reese's monkeys used in their study died after a two-year testing period. Of a regular diet? of American diet, mashed potatoes, meat, stuff wow. like that. interesting. Peas. So maybe bananas are the important thing for I, them to eat. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> we know they have appeal. <laughs> okay, that's stupid. All right, this isn't stupid. <laughs> Let's okay. hope so. What eating utensil was once considered sacrilegious? The spork still is. You're close. <laughs> You're close. Really? Yeah, forks. Ah. Forks were once seen as offensive to God. Now, let me explain this. Now, this is when it was introduced in Italy in the 11th century. Before that time, people used to eat with their fingers, and they didn't well, have a lot of utensils. Well, obviously, how they may, else? Well, they may have a knife, but they didn't have anything else. Yeah. Okay? So the number of fingers used for eating distinguished the upper class from the lower class. So uh, three fingers was considered good manners. If you used more than three, that was like, oh, you're lower class. Oh, that's funny. Anyway... Forks date all the way back to fourth millennium BC. They found them in Turkey, but it was likely they were only used as tools. And when the fork was introduced in Italy in the 11th century, the church argued God created humans with fingers so they could eat God's food (laughs) with them. Now, this didn't stop the production of expensive forks made out of gold for wealthy families. (laughs) But that was the that was the thinking there. Sounds like the logic of our son. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the parents? Can't we get some forks, Mom? It's the latest thing. God gave you fingers to eat with, and that's what you're going to do. Well, here's just some silliness. How did Chicago get the nickname Windy City? Most people think it's the fact that it's very windy there, which it is. It's it very is. windy. It really is. There are some very windy corners downtown. And I always thought, that. My understanding is it has to do with the World's Fair in 1893, is it? It was the year after Columbus. Columbus Exposition, they didn't get it done in time for 1892, the 500th anniversary of Columbus, so they did it for 1893. And you want me to tell you why it's called the Windy City? Yeah. Because there was a big competition over who was going to get the fair, and the ones from Chicago, the people there who were lobbying for Chicago, just wouldn't stop talking. So they started saying, let's hear from the people from the Windy City again. Okay. okay. See, I didn't know the backstory. Yeah. So I thought you were dead wrong. Oh. Because the my answer was, uh, it was coined by 19th century journalists, uh, referring to the fact that the residents were windbags and full of hot air. I but haven't it didn't heard say, that. It didn't say why, and now you explained it. That's my understanding. Well, it was because think, of that competition there. Well, I'll be darned. I think we're both right on that one. I just got a bulletin here. It says... Uh, <laughs> from whom? <laughs> this is a bulletin from the uh, shelter-in-place people. It says, homeschooling is going well. Two students were suspended for fighting, and one teacher was fired for drinking on the job. Oh, this was a family. Okay. (laughs) Just a funny little thing here. Okay. Okay. Did you think that when we changed our clocks recently for the new time that we'd be changing them from standard time to the twilight zone? Because that's what it feels like, isn't it? Where are you getting this stuff? Bob? This is my material. I'm oh. using. Got to make. I gotta. I get this material. I gotta oh, okay. use it. Just stick to the off ramp, babe. Okay. What you got there? There's only one letter in the whole alphabet, Robert, that doesn't appear in any U.S. state name. Oh. What is it? What is it? Dum, bum, 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 Let's see. Now it's not. X. You'd think it might be X, but Texas has an X. And New Mexico. New Mexico, right. 
that's two. There's one letter that's, okay, don't do this clock thing. <laughs> well, we can't give you forever. I don't know the answer to that. How I, about a Z? Well, nope, that's in Arizona. Oh, that's right. So every letter does have a place except the Q, which is also hard in boggle wow. and scramble. Now, you think about that. You have 26 letters. You have 50 states. Yeah. But there's one letter that's not working. San Quentin has a Q. <laughs> yeah, but not the state. <laughs> yeah. No Q. In it. But every other letter in the alphabet is used. Every other letter in the English language is used in our state's names but one. Fascinating. It was fascinating. Okay, now I got <laughs> one for you. That. I got one for you. All right. It's along the same lines of uh-huh. the states, and I just read this yesterday. What state is the only state <laughs> whose abbreviation is two vowels? Now, just think of like two California vowels. is yeah. a C and an A. New yeah, York yeah, is an get, N and a yeah, Y. Yeah, yeah. What state has two vowels? It's the only state that has two vowels as his abbreviation. I-A. And it's a state you used to I-A. live in. I-A. Yes, what? Iowa. Iowa, yeah. That's yeah. right. Iowa. I got it. And it is, uh, it is also the only state that has four vowels. <laughs> no, it has three vowels. I-O-W-A. Three vowels. <laughs> That's bizarre. It has three. What's the other state that has three vowels in its name? Oh, who? Who keeps track of it? I'm I have asking no idea. you. I don't know. You brought up the states. Well, yes. Okay, so Iowa has three vowels. But who counts vowels? What other state has? I have no idea. Tell me. Hawaii. It's only got four letters. It's got three vowels. Oh. That's that's the question. What state has four Ohio. letters? Ohio. Ohio. That's right. And I've lived in both of them. You have. So there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's a question about. John Chapman. Do you know who he is? Oh, yes. Uh, Johnny Appleseed. Very good. We we went on the Johnny Appleseed Trail. Johnny we? Appleseed came through around Marietta, Ohio, that whole area there where my family settled in the 1780s. So, That's yes, right. yes. So he planted, uh, Johnny Appleseed planted thousands of apple trees across the United States. He didn't really expect anyone to eat the fruit. Really? Yeah. What do you think he expected people to do with those apples? Feed livestock? Nope. What? Make hard apple cider. Oh, (laughs) no kidding. I guess that's probably what apples were used for more than anything. Sure, that was a, yeah, a little hard apple cider. It's still popular today. I've seen statistics on the amount of liquor, hard liquor, people drank back then. It's amazing. Well, that's because they lived back then. That's true. (laughs) That's why we're all boozing it up a little more than usual right now. Here's a presidential question. At President Andrew Jackson's funeral, his pet parrot had to be removed. (laughs) His pet parrot had to be removed during Andrew Jackson's funeral. Why did his parrot have to be removed from his funeral? He probably kept uh, yelling out something obscene. Well, that's exactly right. You know, parrots will mimic you, right? Yeah. You've seen that. uh, That's one funny Frasier episode where where the parrot or the bird repeats, America Trude's fat. What, did he keep yelling out, damn it, or something like that? Well. It's it's parrot. His parrot was swearing during his funeral. Yeah, well, then I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> during his darned. funeral in 1845, his pet parrot began to speak obscenities and had to be removed. <laughs> it became excited while the crowd was gathering and began to swear, disturbing the mourners. That's funny. The bird was promptly escorted out as people were both in awe and horrified. <laughs> By the words. Just what kind of language did Andy use in private? I think that's apparently what was going on in private. uh, Yes, I think Polly knew. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got, mister. Oh, I see you've turned off your light. I guess you're done. (laughs) 
All right. Well, that's it. We're done for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. And you've been listening to Laugh Your Mask Off Trivia this week on The Off-Ramp. The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.